openness, deliberation, information, and connections. This is the Light of Mind Show. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is episode two of the Light of Mind Show. I am your host, Sarah Thomas, and thank yourself for tuning in today because this is a special episode. This is a very special one because, as I mentioned in the trailer of my podcast, there were going to be some solo casts, and today is my very first one. Solo casts are really cool because they allow me to readdress past topics with further insight on my thoughts and feelings, and also it allows me to note, you know, some of the feedback that you guys provide after listening to these episodes. Sometimes you guys make connections that I miss or may have never even thought of in the first place, uh, like today's topic. Solocast also give me the opportunity to take my time and dive deep on the heavier topics that I have in store for you guys. Okay. okay, so with that being said, let's get right into it with today's connected conversation. This episode is all about self-love. It actually didn't hit me that I dropped the ball on last week's episode until I got a message from a friend who said that they loved the episode you know, especially it being on relationships, them just getting out of one, but they were disappointed that I didn't hit on the most important one of all. And that, of course, is the relationship with self. So to make up for it, I am dedicating an entire episode all to self-love. I can guarantee that this will be the best episode because this will be the one that you will always go back to. This will be the one that you reference on your self-love journey. I can promise you that. Um, remember, you know, one of the main goals of this podcast is to encourage healing and to give you guys the tools you need to be a better you. And if you're ready, that journey starts today. You know, today I'm going to be talking about my own battle with self-hate, what put me on, um, the path to self-love and the daily work that I do to rebuild myself, to better respond to the world that we live in. But before we get started, I wanted to clear up some misconceptions you may have. Okay, we're going to debunk all of those myths about self-love, okay? The first being, no one sets up your self-esteem for you. Self-esteem is learned through a series of interactions with your environment and others over time and through your reactions to these experiences. Yes, your parents may have hyped you up with words of encouragement, but you are the one who decided to believe it your perception of yourself lined up with the things that you were being told, okay? So self-love starts with self. You may be told all these nice things and get positive affirmations from your friends and from your family, um, but where the self-love comes from is you deciding to believe those things, okay? Uh, Let's move on to the second one. So secondly, you can't banish yourself to some phantom self-esteem island and expect, you know, it to be all good without putting work in, okay? Um, I can't tell you how often I hear people say this favorite line. People's favorite thing to say is, oh, I'm taking a break from life. I'm taking a break from relationships, all that, what have you. Then they do absolutely nothing, but then have the nerve to expect different results from everyone except themselves. If that's not fucking insanity, I don't know what is. You know, like when these people don't get the results that they want, you know, from others, they start unfairly placing blame on others, even though it it, it's a result of their very own poor self-esteem. A high self-esteem evolves over time. You know, it, it requires interaction with the world. You can't just close yourself off to others or to people, because then how will you gauge if you're growing? You know, if the things that you're doing are working right. Um. 
you will grow each time you interact with the world and have a positive experience of yourself. Um, And when I say a positive experience of yourself, you're not focusing on the bad part. You're providing yourself with, with positive feedback and you feel like you deserve those things, right? So the positive experience is one, believing that, that those things are true and believing that you deserve those things, like believing that your worth is more than just, you know, having a negative mindset. Thirdly, only doing things you are good at will not boost your self-esteem. It may be far easier than doing something we are unfamiliar with. However, we can't grow and see ourselves in a new positive light if we stay stuck in the same old rut. And deep down, you know that it's the hard things in life and the new experiences that we have that make us feel so strong and empowered. You know, if we continue to do the same things, then our perception of ourselves becomes static and we don't feel empowered or capable. So keep that in mind. If you want to keep up the same old things and if you feel content doing that, then great. But if you're doing the same old shit, and you feel off or you feel like there's something missing or, you know, there's more, um, then chances are you're right, you know, and, and doing those same old things will not get you out of that rut. It will not make you feel, you know, any less static. It's the experiences that are hard. It's experiences that are new that make us feel good and empowered and strong. Right. And lastly, and probably most importantly, No one can give you the gift of self-love. No matter how much you try to convince yourself that they can, no one can give you the gift of self-love, okay? We tend to put so much effort into every other relationship except the one with self, you know? And because we put in so much energy into these relationships, we begin to view people as investments. And when you invest in something, you want to return, And a lot of us are very impatient. We want to return quick, you know? But just like stock, you have good investments and you have bad investments when it comes to people. You know, those bad investments, those are the ones that kind of stick with us a little bit more. Uh, They make us begin to doubt our past and future choices. They fill us with regret and overall just provide us with, you know, negative feelings. The only way to invest in someone else is to pour yourself into another person, which oftentimes leads to attachment. And attachment isn't necessarily a bad thing, right? You know, attachment isn't necessarily a bad thing either, but too much attachment to others leads to detachment from self, you know? And the last thing you want to get away from is yourself. This causes us to place self-worth, you know, for others to determine. And it's a whole ass setup. Let me tell you something. You know, relationships set up this way are bound to fail. When you pour yourself into others without replenishment, without any reciprocation, you dry up and start losing yourself. And we reveal it, you know, with our worst qualities. And we know those ones so well, you know, those are the self-sabotaging qualities. That's the self-doubt, feelings of inadequacy, uh, what else? Codependency, self-neglect. We begin comparing ourselves negatively to other people, not even positively, you know. It's always a negative comparison. Uh, We're automatically pessimistic or fearful and so on, you know, it's just all really nasty stuff, you know? So on this journey, I ask, and actually I plead for you to look inwardly. You will not get far placing your worth in the hands of anyone else to determine. And I, I say that with love, you will not get far. Okay. 
So now that I've debunked those myths, I want to take some time to talk about my own battle with um, self-hate. Self-hate has a number of looks. Uh, It could be mild. It could be severe. But the thing is, we all struggle with it. And if someone tells you that at one point in time, like they've never hated themselves, they are a liar. Really. What human do you know that has loved everything about themselves straight off the bat? I can't name one. Not one. Um, but anyway, for some people, it's a it's a short battle. You know, they are lucky enough to have positive experiences of themselves easily and very early. But for some of us, we battle daily with negative thoughts and fears that block our positive experiences of ourselves. In episode one, I talk about the loss of my grandma and how that affected how seen I felt in the world. See, I made the mistake of believing the first of the four misconceptions, you know. I thought that my grandma was responsible for my self-esteem because she was always hyping me up and, you know, always encouraging me, telling me that I could do all things. So I I felt that she was responsible in a way for my self-esteem. So every day I would look forward to her telling me these things. And, you know, if she missed a day or something like that, I would, I don't even know how I would feel, but I guess empty would be the best way to sum up that that feeling, you know? And the crazy thing is, the issue was that although I enjoyed hearing her tell me like, you know, these things and I needed her to tell me these things, like I actually really needed to hear them. I didn't believe them. Not because I believed my grandma to be, you know, a liar, but because I didn't think that I could do all things. Because I didn't think that, you know, um I was worthy of the encouragement, I would say. Um, I remember growing up and needing to hear positive feedback all the time. I was one of those that if I didn't hear, you know, something positive or how much I was loved, I would kind of feel like I wasn't worthy of any love. I looked to those around me to tell me my worth. And even when they did, I didn't believe them. And because of that, it hardened me. And it's funny because now that I think about it, my granny would always say, you know, if you don't love yourself, there's no damn way you could love anybody else. And let me tell y'all, I always thought my granny was tripping when she said something like that. You know, when you're young, you always chuck stuff up like that to just, you know, old folks being old folks. Uh, that's just things that old folks say, you know, um, but don't be so naive. That's free game right there. Uh, it's only in adulthood that you learn old folks really don't waste time saying just anything. They may get their messages across in ways that make you scratch your head, but baby, those messages are everything that you need to hear. Um, so please listen to your elders. They they got they got the wisdom right there on tap. Um, but back to it, my past self disagreed because in my mind, I was already very loving, you know? I loved my friends, I loved my family, I had respect for my teacher, I was I was always kind and offering, you know, a helping hand to strangers, you know, so what did she mean I couldn't love anyone else? I was already doing it. But you see, here's here's the real funny part. Cognitively, I knew that people loved me. But for some reason in my heart, I felt unworthy of their love. And I'm talking about feeling unworthy of love from people who, you know, quote unquote, are obligated to love me because they're family, right? You know, looking at my mom, she's obligated to love me because she's my parent, right? 
or my sister or my brother or, you know, um, my grand, my godparents, like anything like that. I, I expected them to like, of course, love me, but I did not feel worthy of their love, you know? So you can only imagine how unseen and unworthy I felt by friends and romantic interests. Uh, that's when a realization came. I can love others, even if I don't love myself. But also, those bad feelings that, you know, I've been internalizing and sweeping under the, the rug, those would eventually rise to the surface. And if the people that I love tried to reciprocate, you know, my love, I would reject it until they got tired of trying to convince me that I was deserving of their love. As if that somehow provided evidence that I was unlovable. You know, this would be the cycle to all of my relationships for a while. And even with that understanding, I still didn't want to believe my granny. You know, it took me a long time to understand her words, but I do remember when her words finally made sense to me. And it's exactly what put me on my path to self-love. After my grandma died, I think I spiraled into like a hard depression. And that was probably when I was at my worst because when I tell you that there was absolutely nothing positive about me at that time, there really wasn't, you know? I think I lost so many friends around that time and just, you know, went into complete isolation mode that, and I, and I remember this specific time period because I have like really bad memory loss when I do get depressed. Um, and this was probably 2016 is a very spotty year for me. That's the same year that my grandma died. Um, but the parts of those years I remember are just like the worst parts. It was when I was emotionally and mentally abusive, you know, to my romantic partners and, you know, just overall, not a good person. I wasn't showing up for my friends. I was, you know, I was thinking that because something bad was happening to me or something bad had happened to me, um, that it justified me being a bad person. Uh, and I was really good at presenting my insecurities as, um, confidence or my fears as preferences. Um, but I was just seeping negativity and, and unhappiness wholeheartedly. Um, and when I say, you know, um, my insecurities as, as confidence, I would be the first person to tear something down. Um, that way it wouldn't, you know, put the spotlight on myself or my fears as preferences, you know, being the same per like person that says like, oh, I would never fucking do that. I would never do that. Oh, you couldn't catch me. And it's just like, why? Why did I feel the need to put any of that, you know, into the into the atmosphere, into the universe um, and be that negative and unhappy? I just, you know, it was one of those times where I didn't know how to do the work to heal. And so I wanted everybody to be just as hurt as me. And that's when a book changed my life. And I haven't looked back since, you know, unless to reflect, of course. But I was uh, watching TV and someone was doing an interview, I think on like the Dr. Oz show or something like that. I don't even know. Um, but they were doing an interview and they were talking about Oprah's book club list and how there were a lot of good titles that, uh, change their life. And I was like, eh, you know, I was interested. I was piqued a little bit. I can't lie, but I wasn't really into it. And then, um, I went into a bookstore and I saw a table that said, you know, Oprah's book club. And 
at the time, you know, I was like, oh, well, you know, it's since it's here. And I just grabbed a book and it, I grabbed the book because I love the name of the title. And for me, uh, I don't really read fiction. So when this fiction novel popped up at me, I was like, okay, let me give it a try because it was a good title and I liked it. So the name of this book is called I Know This Much Is True by Wally Lamb. And it is an incredible read. It's a fiction novel with so much power in the writing. You feel the growth of the protagonist and your very own with every flip of the page. The opening pages will grip you and without giving away too much if you decide to read, it starts off with the main character's schizophrenic twin brother chopping off his own hand in the library during story time. You know, if that doesn't convince you to read the damn book, hopefully you know me telling you how it changed my life does. Because this is an incredible book. Wally Lamb is my favorite author. I dedicated, you know, a, a lot of time to reading his entire collection. So if you have time, please, please, please read this book. I can relate to the main character so much um, because he, you know, he does his best to be strong and he, you know, be there for those around him, especially his schizophrenic twin brother. But life has hit him so hard that because of that, he always thinks that, you know, something bad is always happening to them. You know, something is always happening to him. And that's that's the mindset that I had. You know, I always felt that because, you know, bad things happened in my life, that bad things were just meant for me. It was always just bad, bad, bad. I didn't find myself to be a lucky person or to find, you know, the the good in much. Let's just say that, you know. And he really can't see the gun in anything. And he was just so angry with life. You know, and at first I couldn't immediately see myself in this character. But I oddly felt connected to him. And I couldn't understand why. You know, he spends he spends a lot of the book angry and resentful and blaming others until the climax of the book, you know? And, and that's where, like, a light switch turned on for me because... I'm watching this guy be so angry, you know? I'm watching this guy carry the, the, the weight of the world on his shoulders. And then he finally has this, this breaking moment, this breakdown. And he can't hold it anymore, you know? He's, he's tried to be strong. He's, he's tried so hard and he's tried to carry on. It's like, who has me? Who sees me, you know? And when this breakdown, you know, he finally looks in the mirror for the first time, really, and he sees himself. And he finally acknowledges his hurt and his pain after years and years of just abusing himself, you know? And there's a quote that I'll never forget because it's the moment I realized that I was crying like a baby while reading the end of this book in this chapter, you know? And it goes, I am not a smart man particularly. But one day at long last, I stumbled from the dark woods of my own and my family's and my country's past, holding in my hands these truths. That love grows from the rich loam of forgiveness. That mongrels make good dogs. That the evidence of God exists in the roundness of things. This much at least I figured out. I know this much is true. And... God damn, I love that quote. Um, it's when I realized why reading his breakdown had hit me so hard. Um, my fears, my insecurities, my feelings were all articulated for the first time in my life. 
through him, I finally felt seen, you know, as he was finally seeing himself. I was numb for so long that I neglected my own feelings, even the good ones, you know. You don't realize how you can't move on until you forget. And that quote being the very last sentence gave me all the power I needed. Him forgiving himself for tearing down his own perception of himself gave me the freedom to do the same and begin to heal. It gave me the courage to stop looking outward and start looking in, you know. I can't even begin to tell you how much of a difference it has made in my life. As soon as I stopped feeling shameful about my feelings, um, I learned how to reflect and acknowledge my feelings, using them to love myself and others wholeheartedly, you know? Loving yourself is hard work, but it's always rewarding work. When people see you living and loving your truth, you give others permission to do the same. You attract all the best things and you know that they are all for you because you're no one but you. You know, you don't, you're not wearing multiple skins. You can look in yourself and, and agree with what you see. Um, but it's not all shits and giggles. I have to do daily work to make sure my experiences of myself are positive. And sometimes I fall short. I'm not even going to lie. There will, there will be days that will be super hard for you and you will not really feel good about yourself. But the thing with self-love is learning how to get back to that place, you know, because uh, you're not always going to feel on top of the world. But when you love yourself, you always know how to get back there. You always, you know, you know, you always know how to get back on top. So I want to give you guys some tips on things that I do to kind of stay on my path, even when I veer off. So here's a few things to get you started. And I'm going to ask you a question. When's the last time you said something positive to yourself? You know, we tend to be harder on ourselves than others, and we rarely give ourselves positive feedback. Um, We rarely talk to ourselves nicely. We always want other people to be kind to us, be nice, right? We're always like, talk to me nice. But when's the last time you said something positive to yourself? And you don't have to stand in the mirror or anything like that, but you should be giving yourself a compliment daily. And I mean a true compliment. Telling yourself that you could do those things that you've been telling yourself you can't do that's a start. Telling yourself you look good in that shirt even when you don't exactly feel 100%, you know, even when your stomach's sticking out a little bit or what have you, you know, that's a start. Um, Telling yourself you're smart. I can't even tell you how many friends or people I know that I always have to correct them and tell them to, like, don't call yourself stupid because, you know, you're only as strong as your mindset. And positivity promotes positivity, baby. So throw those no-no words like can't out the window. I don't want to hear you guys say that anymore. Um, And if you're a friend of mine, I am going to work hard on correcting that behavior because you can do all things. Shout out to my grandma. The other thing that I do, you know, I try to start my day with a gratitude list. I'm a big writer. I love putting things down on paper. For some reason, it just makes it um, so much more real uh, when I write things down. And I can visualize, I can see things. I can also let let things go, you know? Um, so I start my day with the gratitude list. And you'll find yourself feeling down and out sometimes. And the best thing to do um, when that happens is to start listing all the things that you're grateful for. I do this every day because we should be grateful every day, right? Like there, I wake up, you know, that's one thing I write on my list. I try to get at least 10 things down, you know, before noon. 
because we don't give ourselves enough credit for the things that we're capable of doing or all the things that we can accomplish in our day. We always like to um, reduce the things that we do or feel like we never do enough. But when you start feeling grateful for what the things that you can get done and, and accomplish, um, you'll strive for more, I guarantee. And it starts with little things, right? Like uh, for me, one of the hardest things for me to do is make the bed. I don't know why, but I absolutely can't make the bed. Um, but those days where I feel um, encouraged and I feel empowered, I can make my goddamn bed. So on those days, you, you better believe I'm writing down that I made the bed. Um, other things that you can write is like making it to work. Uh, as a person who battles with depression, getting to work is sometimes the hardest thing because even though it's a distraction, it's not a positive distraction for me. So there are a lot of times where I just shut down and shut out the world. And it's so hard for me to get to work when I start spiraling. So that's another thing that I put on the list. And I guarantee you guys probably never even thought about that, right? Like you guys don't think about, wow, I was able to make my bed today. I was able to get to work, you know? Um, I was able to cook dinner and clean the kitchen without really feeling burnt out because a lot of us, let's be real. We love to cook or we don't, but we hate cleaning up the kitchen. But when you can do both, you kind of feel good. Right. And so that's how you start a gratitude list. It doesn't have to be big, crazy things because we always like to look at the, um, the big picture without making it wallet size. You know, we like to look at the big picture and hate that we're not there yet. But if you condense that a little bit and you work for like small things every day, you will get to where you need to be. All right. And then my last tip for you guys, and this is a good one. This one I am making a top priority. So if you do any of these three tips that I, I am telling you today that I'm sharing, um, please do this one. This is the most important. This one sets, sets you on your journey um, 100% and it'll keep you going. Set your intentions. This is the most important one, in my opinion, because every thought, every emotion, and every word you express affects you and the people around you. So therefore, be very careful of what you think, feel, and say. If anything, I'm making the work for you guys. The work of the week is setting your intentions. What is one thing you would like to experience more of, you know? Is it joy, love, compassion, fitness, forgiveness, or happiness? You know, Van Gogh, one of my favorite quotes actually came from one of the most fucking insane people. Um, but Van Gogh once said, Remember, great things are not done by impulse, but by a series of small things brought together. So do whatever you can to be great, but... Whatever you do, make sure that that it's what you need. It's what you want. It, set your intention. Is it going to add value to your life? You know, is it taking away from others? What do you need? What do you want? You can only do what you can, and that's it. You know, so start with small, and you know, do one thing every day, um, but set your intentions every day. And when I say set your intentions. That doesn't mean like, you know, abroad, like, oh, I want more happiness. What part of your life do you need more happiness in and in what way? Are you looking for uh, forgiveness in relationships? Or are you looking for forgiveness in self? 
Set your intentions and be clear with yourself. You have so many people in this world that aren't clear with you. Why would you add yourself to that list? Be clear. Before we go, I have a message for y'all. Not maybe not all of you guys need to hear this, but I do think a lot of you do. Okay. You are not perfect. None of us are. Sometimes you make mistakes, but all of us do. And you are you. Okay. That's the best gift. There is no one else in this world quite like you. And no one else brings to the world what you bring. You can learn from your mistakes. You can be a better version of you every day. Your imperfections create character and you are enough. So please go easy on yourselves, guys. Like be kind. You've you've spent so much time being hard on yourself already. Now's the time to just slow it down and be good to yourself. I really love y'all, man. Like for real. Every connected conversation we have is done with love. Uh, It's just amazing being able to rock with y'all like this, you know? Um, Thank you guys for tuning in to episode two. This is the Light of Mind Show. I'm your host, Sarah Thomas. And until next time, be blessed.